Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Okay, friends, I could not be more thrilled to share with you this interview today. I was given the privilege to speak with the absolutely amazing Holly Wagner, and I have to tell y'all, I admire her in so many ways. I could go on and on and on. Oh my gosh. Holly and her husband, Philip are the pastors of Oasis Church here in Los Angeles. They have two children, Jordan and Paris. They have been married for over 30 years and they have a beautiful, colorful marriage and are passionate about encouraging couples. In fact, they actually wrote a book together a few years ago called Love Works, which is so unique because it provides both of their perspectives and it offers a beautiful picture of how to love each other through your differences. Because while love is work, it is so worth the effort. Holly herself is such an inspiration as she is passionate about seeing women become who God has designed them to be. Through the women's ministry of Oasis called She Rises, she has empowered thousands of women around the world and hosts an annual conference. Holly has written several other books as well, including Find Your Brave, Warrior Chicks, and Awakened, and all of them are incredible. Today, we talk about some of the red flags to look out for in relationships, and we laugh about navigating the differences that we find in others. I hope you just love my interview today with Holly. Oh, it was such a treat. Oh my gosh, Holly, girlfriend, I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Um, You are a woman after my own heart, a woman (laughs) that does so many things, and you wear many hats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a girl. We do. Yeah. As women, we we wear a lot of stuff. We're multitaskers. (laughs) Those guys, they just don't even know what to do with them. That's right. (laughs) But in all seriousness, you're a mother, a pastor, a conference leader, an author, the leader of um, a women's ministry at your church, and you offer dating and marriage advice. So <laughs> you do it all. Okay. I just can't even believe that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I love talking. So this yeah. is going to be fun. We'll have a yeah. good conversation. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I can't lie. I was a touch intimidated to speak to you only because I admire you so much Aww. because the girl crush feelings are real over here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. What do you not do? Sing. I don't sing at all. <laughs> I don't sing. Okay. I don't sing two. No- well, I do sing, but nobody really enjoys it. Let's just say that. Oh my gosh! I can't put two notes in the same key. Together, so. <laughs> you're just worshiping. You're like, yep. is yeah. anyone yeah. hearing this right now? Yeah, I sound good in my own head, but that's really it. Yeah, we all do, right? <laughs> Even on this podcast, I'm like, what does my voice really yeah. sound like that in real life? <laughs> yeah. Um, are you just one of those people that ever gets exhausted, or do you have constant energy? I do have a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. It's just kind of who I am. I mean, you know, I, I'm always happy for a day off, but yeah, I do. I do I run at a really fast pace, which is yeah. very different than my husband. Yes. So we certainly had to navigate our different energy oh levels. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. I call my mom the energizer bunny. Yeah. She's just That's like, what they said about me too. So yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. She, it's always, she can go around on four hours of sleep and she'll 
everything. And I'm like, how, how do you function? I know we're annoying to people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel old sometimes and I'm, I'm not that old, but <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Um, so, okay. I'm, I'm so excited to dive in and you and Philip, you have a beautiful, healthy, and I would say colorful marriage, you know, and, and we like each other most days, <laughs> most days. Yeah. I, we, like right now we've been married 33 years you know, in a row. Oh my in gosh! LA, yeah, it's important in a row, third year in a row. In LA, in, in too. LA, Let's just on. put that on the and, on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, you know, it's mm. something that you work at, and you yeah. know, everybody thinks that you're you're gonna get married, and it's all gonna be perfect, mm. and you know, and if you've been living, you know, as a Christian and really trying to live the pure life and be celibate, you go, mm. oh, I can finally have sex! Yeah, it's gonna be awesome! <laughs> to Jesus, and everything's gonna be easy. And uh, yeah. no, it's two becoming one is very messy yeah. process. So. Mm, definitely. And you guys wrote a few years ago this amazing book called Love Works, um, which, by the way, I could not put down. Aww. And I just want you to know, like, I have the copy right here highlighted, but been sharing it with everyone I know for a while since I first read it, and um, it's so good. I just have to tell you the part about compatibility too. Right. When I was reading through that, I reread it recently, and I was like, gosh. The part about compatibility yeah. really reminded yeah. me and opened my eyes, I think, to a lot of things that I did, never saw in past relationships right. and actually allowed me to have even further healing on some things where I was like, gosh, we actually weren't compatible. And right. I never saw that until yeah, recently. Yeah, I mean, you will always be attracted to someone different than you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's yeah. a good thing Yeah, because they're going to have strengths where you don't and, and the other way around. Um, but there are some things that need to be compatible mm. there you know, similar vision for life and, yeah. a, and a faith and not just, oh, I'm a, if somebody's passionately, a, you know, Christian and involved in church life mm. and serving and the other person just is a Christmas and Easter Christian, then that's probably not going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's even compatible, not just in that you have the same theology, but that you have the same level yeah. of faith, you know, passion. Absolutely. And, kind of yeah. striving. What I like to see is a picture of like, just striving at the same place up on the mountain right. together, you know, versus like someone being down further on the mountain. Right. I've gotten that vision a few times from God where I'm like, I feel like it's somebody who is at your level spiritually, you know, right. and re- in relationship with the Lord. Right. So important. Right. Or, or committed to being on the journey there. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's true. The learnability right. or is that even a word? Whatever. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> like, I get it. I'm yeah. on the same wavelength. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. So I know today I'm really excited because we talked beforehand and really pumped to get into some red flags. Let's do it. Um, but, you know, even before that, I want to talk about something the foundation of any relationship you've talked about before is really loving ourselves. Yep. And, um, so I guess I just want to ask you, I feel like that's something that a lot of us say. We know where we love ourselves. We can say it out loud. But how do we really know that to the depth of our being? Like, um, Yeah, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. said that we're supposed to love other people mm-hmm. the way we love ourselves. And sadly, I think we do. I think mm-hmm. that's why we're failing at loving people, loving our neighbor, because mm-hmm. we don't really love who we are. Yeah. And um, so some of the signs that you, well, first of all, in order to like who you are mm-hmm. and love yourself, you have to n- know who you are. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and for me, any foundation of knowing who I am comes from the word of God. Mm-hmm. So I have to know that I am a, a daughter of the most high God. Mm-hmm. I am royalty. I am chosen. I'm forgiven. I'm treasured. I'm loved. I'm, I am the will of God. You know, I, all of those things. Um, you know, we just had a, she rises night at our church and I gave everybody a, a vinyl that they could put on their mirror that 
said, who I am. I'll give you one before mm. we leave today. Oh, yes. I and love so it's that. Just some of the things remind you who you are, because in a society that tries to mm. tell you that you're just this lust crazed animal, mm-hmm. you go, no, I'm not actually. Mm. I'm a daughter of the king and I can make wise choices. And so sometimes it beginning to like yourself comes with knowing yourself. And that begins in the word of God. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, other people will tell you who you are. Yeah. Right? And then those lies start eating. I mean, they start forming and taking root and you don't even know it after years of like allowing it in. Right. And we can't get through life using somebody else's identity. You know, we mm-hmm. try to be other people or uh, pretend we're other people. It's like trying to get through TSA checkpoint. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. me using Philip's ID, that's not going to work. And I can <laughs> say, yeah, so but true. I kiss him. He's awesome. No, <laughs> I have to have my own identity. But yeah. oftentimes we, you know, just try to use somebody else's, we just don't know who we are. And uh, Mm. I just think that is the first step. And I think people get it all out of order. I think they're looking Mm. for a relationship and they haven't done the work in their own soul. Mm. And most people come from uh, a love. There's a brokenness in us because our families weren't perfect. And so you have to do the work of being a healthy soul. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think because every relationship, you know, we love the thought of, um, you know, in that movie, Jerry Maguire, yeah. when Tom Cruise said, no, you complete me. Okay, that is stupid. I know. I it's, just wrote about this recently, no, actually. Yeah. Because you're a whole person. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a half a person, no, it's not good. It's not, the best mm. relationship is when two whole people come together. Yeah. Not perfect. Mm-hmm. Just whole people mm-hmm. and people who've done the work in their own soul. And so uh, I just think that's step one is actually knowing who you are, understanding that you have an identity mm-hmm. and uh, you know, liking who you are. Because when you do, when you're actually mm-hmm. confident in who you are, then you can laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't take everything so seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know, the people who are the most uh, insecure mm-hmm. are oftentimes the most pushy and the most demanding mm-hmm. or afraid or all of that. And it just comes from a you know lack of confidence in who they mm-hmm. are. And uh, in- So they're trying to instill control, I find, right. often. Yeah, when you are not clear in your identity. You right. want to, like, those are reactions of someone who needs control over the every right. situation. Right. And when you like yourself, you can be generous with other people. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, intimidated by other people because I know mm-hmm. who I am. Yeah. And it's not an arrogance. It's not, I, I don't, I don't think I'm all that in a bag of chips. I just know who I am. Yeah. And and I think God's created me for a purpose and a lane to run in. And I think he's created you for a purpose and a lane yeah. to run in. Hmm. And so if I was to uh, be jealous of what God's given you to do, that's such a waste of time and energy right. and emotion. I mm-hmm. don't need what he's given you to do. You do you. Mm-hmm. I'll do me. And together we'll actually reach all the people that we're supposed to reach. Yeah. But so many times we just, you know, we see somebody in that lane next to us. Like it, like if you're on the Olympics, right? Everybody's got a lane to yeah. run in. And or skate in since, you know, the Winter Olympics, <laughs> yes. but got a lane, right? And everything I need is in my lane and in me to fulfill purpose in that lane. I don't need what's in your lane. Mm-hmm. You do. You do you. Mm-hmm. You do that. But sometimes we look at each other and we get jealous of what doors God's open for you or, you know, someone else might be further along and they get the platform that you always wanted. Mm-hmm. And we assign of someone who doesn't really like themselves, they can't rejoice in that person. Right. We There's this little, and if we're honest, we've all had it. Mm-hmm. This little, like, why isn't that me? That green thing that rises up oh, in yeah. us, right? But the, the goal is to cheer on that person running in the lane next to you, trusting mm-hmm. that God has got you. Mm-hmm. You just keep walking, crawling, whatever it takes in the lane he's given you. Mm-hmm. And quit getting distracted by, you know, for me, our, there was a time when I thought, I should be singing because I love singing and <laughs> 
people who sing look amazing. And <laughs> I, I took lessons. Oh my god! I took lessons, and yes. and fi- I mean, I paid good money. And finally, <laughs> the the you know the teacher said, Holly, um, maybe you should think about the guitar. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> Which that didn't work out either. But but so because I was getting distracted by all these amazing yeah. singer chicks in my world. I'm like, oh, oh well. I want to have that skill. Right. Yeah. And so instead of just cheering them on, I started wanting that. Mm-hmm. And it just distracted me from what I'm supposed to do. So right. figure out who, what it is God's called you to do and start. You're not going to know the whole picture, but you just start with one thing mm-hmm. and begin that journey. And then it'll help you from uh, just being you know, insecure about being jealous of, you know, who somebody mm-hmm. else is. So. And I love it too, like just loving your flaws. I think that's such a hard thing in our society to love the things that maybe were like are weird or that we're, that we're flawed in. Cause we all have flaws, but you know, loving it and embracing it, you know? Right. There, mm-hmm. there is a, an element of, uh, we're, we all have imperfections mm-hmm. and, um, so being the thing is, here's the thing I think in our culture today, the mm-hmm. authentic, you know, is the big word yes. and, um, I'm being authentic about my weaknesses, and, but integrity is working on them. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Just ad- admitting them is okay. Is good. Step one. But then the integrity is if I find I'm, you know, my little quirk is I'm always late. Well, there's no integrity in that. So be honest about your quirk, yeah. <laughs> but get, start learning how to get on time. Right. What, what can you do Yeah. to, or, you know, whatever it might be. So right. I think you're on one hand, you're right. It's like, love all the little flaws and you know, the way your hair parts and the, you know, whatever, the dry skin. I don't know, whatever it is you got. <laughs> yeah. Body shape. That's Body a big shape. one for all of Body us. Body shape. It's like, yeah. okay, so be healthy, mm-hmm. but just like who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and stop comparing. It, the comparison is oh, like the, the, worst. It's the, worst. it's the worst. And when it comes to dating, we do this all the time. I mean, dating and marriage, you know, I think it's probably hard I'm sure, I don't know, but for marriage, married couples to not compare against other married couples. And in dating, it's the same thing. And also when you're in your 30s or in your 20s and you are still single and comparing to everyone else who's not single, it's it's difficult. You start questioning yourself. You start questioning, am I really lovable? Am I really worthy? All these lies start feeding to you that you're not. Well, I think, you know, uh, being single is not a disease. It's a season. Right. Right. So, so good. It's just like being a mother of a toddler. It feels like forever, but it's just a season. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, you know, when, when someone is single and if their whole goal is to find a spouse, then they're not going to be somebody who anybody wants to hang out with. Yeah. So to me, that's the point of figuring out who you are. What is it that mm-hmm. you love to do? Be an interesting person. Yes. Have a life be running. And then all of a sudden you're going to look around and oh, there's going to be some people running alongside you. Mm. But if you're just sitting there waiting for, you know, Mr. Amazing or Ms. Amazing to come along, it's like, nah, get busy, get busy mm-hmm. living your life and loving God and put your, put yourself in environments where you're meeting people who actually have the same level of faith that you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so sitting, good. Sitting at home alone isn't going to get that either. Yeah. I had this conversation with uh, someone one time and they were just saying, you know, I just am not meeting anybody. I go, well, what are you doing to meet people then? Yeah. Are you, go take a salsa class. I don't know. Do something. Right. right. Do, have an well, interest. Even at the grocery store, we need to open our minds about right. people all around, right. you know, like right. there's people we could be meeting anywhere. I right. mean, you know, even just on an interesting level to meet someone, right. you know, but we're so closed off. And I think that 
That's true. I heard, I think it was Henry Cloud said, you know, if you're waiting for the FedEx man to just knock on your door and God to bring you the FedEx, like a perfect right. like package, it's not going to happen, no. you know, unless you're marrying the FedEx guy. Right. You got to get out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, friends, question for you. Are you ready to take our relationship to the next level? <laughs> Don't worry. This is a good thing. I want to invite you to be a part of the Heart of Dating Inner Circle. I am so thankful for Patreon because it gives artists and creators the ability to raise funds to do what they do best in crafting amazing works for their communities by allowing you, the fiercest of the fierce audience, to sign up for monthly pledges to support. You can sign up to support this podcast for as little as $5 a month, which these days is equivalent to one hipster cup of coffee. Let's just be real. So what's in it for you? Our Patreon clan will have first access to our episodes, as well as behind the scenes looks into interviews, process, and more. It would mean the world to me if you checked out the Heart of Dating Patreon page so we can together empower others to live their best dating lives. Come on now. I really want to continue to bring you helpful episodes, the best possible interviews, and stellar content. You can find out more at www.patreon.com forward slash heart of dating. Yes. So, okay, loving yourself is number one. And then how do we test that for others that we might consider dating, that they really love themselves? What are some things that we Well, can... there is a line, isn't it, between mm-hmm. loving yourself and being arrogant. Yeah. Because I've been with people who are arrogant. And, right. And, that, and that's not attractive. You know, not yeah. attractive. And it probably stems from their own insecurity. But again, someone who, if you are spending time with someone and they can laugh at themselves and they're mm. quick to apologize. Yeah. I find someone who... Um, who's just quick to go, ah, oh, my bad, sorry. Then they there's confidence in themselves realizing they can apologize and not give up everything. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, if someone doesn't ever apologize, that's a sign that they're not really confident in who they are. So laugh at themselves, generous with words, mm-hmm. and uh, can give, um, then mm-hmm. that's really cr- crucial. Mm-hmm. Those are good things. Yeah, that humbleness is so, people are afraid to admit they're sorry, I think, a lot of times, because of what it makes them look like. Yeah, which the thing is, they already look like that. So it's better to just own your bad. Mm -hmm. So true. Be quick to say, I'm sorry. There was a movie that came out way a long time ago, (laughs) um, way before you were born. Okay. um, Called Love Story. And the famous line from it was, Love is never having to say you're sorry. Well, Mm. I think that's just a bunch of BS. I think love is actually being the first to say you're sorry. Yeah. Own it. Admit it. Yeah. Why? That doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. We have to say we're sorry. Okay, so I think it's so funny. As singles, we live our whole lives with just ourselves, and it makes it easy to make all of, meet all of our own needs. But, you know, the struggle is real when we enter into relationships and suddenly we realize, oh, my gosh, I have, I have someone else in the picture now. Now I just have to start voicing my needs. So I guess, first of all, is it wrong for us to have needs? Well, no. Everybody <laughs> has needs. But here's the thing. Having needs and being needy are two different things. Yeah. And uh, I think you know, needy people suck the life out of you. Mm. Healthy people can communicate, this is a need I have, and here it is. Mm-hmm. And then you can talk about, is this something fair to ask this person to meet? Or mm-hmm. is this really something I'm asking them to meet that only God can actually meet that mm-hmm. need? So, so I think figuring out what those are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my, my self-esteem doesn't come from anybody. Yeah. And I think so many times we look for people to build, to 
to fill us up like that. And it comes because I know who I am in God. So, yeah, just the neediness thing. I think people are so afraid to voice what they actually need. And for women, for example, I think we do this too often, men too, but um, we think that um, we just want people to read our minds. <laughs> we kind of think like, oh, I just want him to do that. Yeah, or no, they don't I, have you know. that gift. Men are amazing, <laughs> but they are not that. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that was, you know, I remember back in the early years of our marriage, you know, I would say, I would get so frustrated because I felt like if I had to ask Philip for a hug, then it didn't count. Mm. And well, sadly, then I wasn't going to have much to count on, right? So mm-hmm. I had to learn to go, no, he just, he wants to do it. He wants to get a win. He wants to do the right thing. I just yeah. have to tell him. Yeah. So, you know, I would really, I'm really feeling vulnerable right now. I really need a hug. Okay, yay. And then it's awesome. Yeah. But women, we just, you know, this is where we can get stupid and just, no, he should know. I Exactly. And they're not, they're not intuitive like that. They're just not. And so you're going to set yourself up to fail. Now, there's always the exceptions, of course, mm-hmm. but most of them are not. I feel like that conversation exactly is the one I have too many times with girlfriends, you know, where it's like, I just, I just wish he knew to do that. I just wish he knew. I mean, it's not that I haven't done that in the past too and thought those things, but the person, if you don't explain it to the person in love, that that's a need of yours or something you'd really appreciate, how are they going to know? You know, exactly. What do you think? So just on that, like red flag kind of moving too fast, too quickly. I think a lot of people fall into infatuation really quickly and it's all the feels and butterflies and hard eye emoticons and all of those things, which is lovely to feel, but I think it can be a little bit, it can be a little cloudy for us in discerning if it's really someone who has true qualities that are meant for marriage. So how do we discern along the way and make sure we're not moving too fast? Well, yeah, some of the red flags that, you know, you mentioned that we talk about in the book. So there's just some real qualities to look for in a person, because Mm -hmm. while you're in that in love, you know, Mm -hmm. fairy tale phase, which is a wonderful phase, um, you still have to use your brain and be paying attention. So and and not make excuses. That's what I think sometimes happens is Mm. we go, oh, well, you know, he didn't really mean it that way or she didn't. And like, no, take a look at be don't Mm -hmm. don't be so you know, in the, in love cloud that you're not seeing who they really are. Right. And so look for some things like, um, do they serve anywhere? Mm. Because if someone, if you're with someone who doesn't serve, and I mean, anything, take someone to LAX yeah. at six in the morning, <laughs> That's or a service. help you move or volunteer at church or volunteer at a hospital, something, if they're not serving, mm-hmm. then I would run out of that, I would end that relationship because, mm. or have the conversation about why aren't you and let's figure out a way to do something because marriage is about serving one another. Yeah. It, there are days when it's a hundred percent serving. And if you have seen no evidence of that mm. in this person, then it's, mm. it's a little bit delusional to think that they would all of a sudden begin to serve you mm-hmm. or be, in a way and understand you if you haven't seen it anywhere. So mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, that's a big, that's a big red flag. And even just... in small ways serving, right? Because I think we sometimes oh, yeah. get into this place of like, oh, well, they have to be going on mission trips all the time or they have to be doing that. And those no, no, are no, no, great. No. But like, true to your point, taking someone to the airport and awful LA traffic hours is a huge service. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> We're stuck on the 405 for an hour, you yes. know, or more. Um, and then another one I would just say, so one of the things I really appreciate when, when Philip and I were dating mm-hmm. uh, about him is he was he was continuing to grow. So he was reading mm. books and we would read books together yeah. and ask questions. And so he's doing this personal growth journey. And I think I, it's, it, it's so important that we're all committed to personal growth. 
because we're not perfect people and we all have wounds that need to be healed and worked on. And so again, you're not going to marry someone perfect, but are they committed to growing? Mm -hmm. And so when you're dating someone, are they, are they doing that? Are they, is there, are they learning anything new? Mm -hmm. I just think that's pretty important. Yeah. That sort of personal growth, um, you know, with someone. I think reading is a huge one. I mean, reading is one that I actually for years didn't like, but um, I'm not going to lie. But in the past few years, yeah, I've really noticed the value of it. I mean, so it could be reading or podcast, listening to podcasts, getting information. And I think, and I know you guys talk about this, but the difference between just like knowledge and then wisdom and, you know, knowledge is just getting information, but what do we do with that to turn it into wisdom? Um, But someone has to be interesting. They have to be like seeking after some sort of growth. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Like right now I am actually going back to school to get my master's. And so I'm taking all, you know, classes and reading, oh my gosh, all these books. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And I get asked a lot, like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Because I always want to be learning something. Mm -hmm. I want to be stretching. I just don't think you ever get there. Mm. Right. And it doesn't have to be in a class like that, but just like you said, could be reading books. I would, I would, if someone is not reading a book, I would challenge that a little bit. Yeah. Um, or even reading the Bible and using a, a commentary to learn something about it. Yeah. Something where yeah. you're you're just learning new things. Mm-hmm. Or Philip and I always read dating and marriage books. Always. Yeah. And worked on devotionals together. And sometimes it was easier than others. And, you know, sometimes I wanted to throw that devotional at his head, you know, but... <laughs> let's be real here yes (laughs) but yeah just being committed to uh learn something Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. and how important do you think I've talked about this before but mentorship in that learning through mentorship too um whether that be peer-to-peer or getting I mean what what is your thoughts on mentorship in relationship um mentorship uh is not peer-to-peer so yeah. mentor is someone yeah. who's a little further up the road than mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. Right. So that would be if you need a mentor, a mentor in your business, then you want someone who's actually done some successful business practices. Exactly. Uh, if you want some, if you want some mentoring in a relationship, you want someone who has some level of experience in a relationship. Yeah. So your peers are the ones you can vent with. Mm-hmm. And, but most of the time we get not great advice from our peers. <laughs> Seriously. If they're in the, if they're in the same situation. Now they Mm -hmm. might be great at singing and they can mentor you and have a vocal coach, but they may not be the good relationship one if they they haven't built one. Mm -hmm. And so I think we put weird pressure on people to be, to be mentors perhaps or speak to us and they don't have the skills yet. And so that's probably not fair. It is important to get um, wisdom and somebody can mentor you in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. you know, by, I mean, in a way I've mentored you because you read my book. Yeah, you know exactly. And here we are having this conversation, yeah. but and we haven't even had coffee yet. What the I heck? Know, I know. Let's make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't always have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you can be mentored by someone who, because you've listened to teachings of theirs or podcasts or right. read their books, uh, and then it can evolve and and then there will be somebody who you sit with, you know, sort of regularly. Yeah, um, it's interesting. People will say, you know, can you mentor me, Holly? I go, well, if you can keep up, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> yeah. So you can come with me when I go on this trip and that's how we'll have conversations, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to stop my life to spend 10 hours a week here. It's like, yeah. that's not how that works. So, but it is important, especially in uh, like at our church, we've got uh, connect groups led by people who have had successful marriages and we have a marriage ministry and we do mm-hmm. classes and 
that's crucial. So mm-hmm. it is important to be learning, and especially in the society we're living in, right, where marriages get eaten up. Oh, yeah. And, and people enter them with this fantasy, beautiful wedding life, and they don't have the skills. Mm. And it's a little, it's interesting because I actually appreciate that you're, you know, having this conversation and reading books because, mm-hmm. look, when you go, have surgery, not you, but somebody yeah. has surgery, <laughs> you're going to hope that your doctor has been to medical school. Yeah. That you're not, he's just not giving it a go on you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the same in marriage, right? So we should, before we say I do, we should have, have some skills. Mm. You will get more. Yeah. But you should have some skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we waste too much time looking for the fantasy and not developing you know, the skills that kind of that we're talking about here. So true. So I guess a, a nugget to take from that is if you're in a dating relationship or seeking one, have wise counsel from people who have done it right, who are in a ma- successful right. marriage right now um, and seek that out. I right. Think. Mm-hmm. And hang out with some married people. Yeah. So it's, I, this is the other conversations I've had. I was to, when you're having people over for dinner, don't just have all the mm. same season in life people. So good. You know, yeah, mix it up true. a little bit. Yeah. Challenging me a bit, actually, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of my friends are single, but it is, it's so great to have everyone in different seasons of life with you. Right. And it opens up the floor for so many different kinds of conversations instead of us all just wondering, how are we dating or this, that, and the other, all of us single people talking about that. Because then you'll see real interaction. Mm -hmm. Do you know, it's, we learn things just as much by watching, you know, they say that things are caught more than taught, right? So Mm. seeing a functional family Mm -hmm. is huge to her painting a picture Mm. of how to do it. Yeah. You know, I've had different uh, young women who come into my life and have helped in different seasons. And for many of them, they had never really seen a healthy marriage. And so Mm. just by watching us Mm. interact, it's not like I sat with them every day and gave them five principles. They just watched it. Yeah. And so now they, they all have really healthy marriages and I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I probably could. <laughs> it's like because I feel yeah. like they saw something, mm. and so I just think you have to put yourself in those places. Mm, that's really good. Um, most single people won't do that. Yeah, and they're complaining that they don't have a marriage or that they don't mm. have the guy they want to date, but they're not spending time with people who have done it. Mm. I would never think about starting a business without talking to people and spending time with someone who's done it. Yeah. So marriage is no different. Mm -hmm. And I just think intentionally, um, not just hanging out with all your groovy single people Mm -hmm. and going to the clubs and whatever you do, occasionally. (laughs) Breaking it down. Occasionally go hang out with Mm. some married people with Mm -hmm. kids and watch a family that's functional or, or even you'll know nah, that doesn't really work for me or whatever, mm. but just put yourself in that environment. Anyway, mm. uh, that was a really good point you brought up. <laughs> no, it's so, you know what? I recently wrote about this actually in my blog that instead of the number one, the number one quality, uh, you know, is, does he love Jesus? Does she love yep. Jesus? But for me, the second, like the biggest quality other than that prerequisite is, are they a learner? learner? Yep, and 100%. learner, you know, seeking yep. after wisdom. Are they humble and admitting they're wrong and want to learn how to grow? You know, all of right. that that we just talked about is huge and it's it's lacking in ways. I think it was lacking for me for many years. And so it, now I've opened this like whole new world. Yep. <laughs> I just saw a lot in the other night and I'm obviously still are you gonna sing thinking it? about are you it. Are going to sing tonight? <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, like, I couldn't people join are you. tuning out right now. <laughs> I'm not a singer either. <laughs> Need those lessons. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like getting seeking knowledge and hopefully people listening to this podcast find something interesting and that this is 
you know, for them a way to listen to advice and input from people who are navigating it or who have navigated it well. And, you know, that's one step in the right direction of learning and growing because we, I think you wrote this in the book too, like obviously just spitting out all the things I remember, but if you want to be a good mom and you're becoming a mom, you can't just say, okay, well, I know all I need to know. I hope it's good enough. Right. You know, it's like, no, if you're not, if it's, if it's difficult, you should be reading books, asking other moms, like putting yourself in situations um, where you can learn and seek advice and and grow in wisdom. I I don't want to ever be like, oh no, I, these are the only tools I have. I hope they're good enough. Right. And that's what we do with dating too often, you know? Yes. And so, yeah. So we'll talk about another red flag. Yes, please. I would love to. Okay. Um, one of the ones that Philip writes about in the book is mm-hmm. uh, is emotional recklessness. Ooh, that's good. And basically, this is someone who can't manage their emotions. Mm. Emotions are awesome. Yeah. But you should be leading them and not being led by them. Mm. And I think because what happens is the, the things that we do out of our emotions mm-hmm. can bring damage. It's, you know, you um, there are. It's like sometimes it spit, it comes out on our Facebook page, our Instagram feed, our right. emotions, we're venting, we're doing whatever. And it's like, you know, do you know that you're the person you want a job from? They're going to look mm. through your Facebook page. What does it look like? Mm. <laughs> are you just spewing nonsense? Are you careless with appearance? I mean, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you showing your whole life? Because I don't know that that company is going to hire you. So it's so to me, it's when I uh, would, you know, talk to people about dating, mm-hmm. it's asking the question, how do they handle their emotions? Do mm-hmm. they fly off the handle at every little thing? Do you feel like you have to walk on eggshells? Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself forever apologizing and not getting anything back from them? Mm-hmm. Do, you know, how are they handling the hard things? Mm-hmm. I think if you, that's why you have to date for a while. Somebody that yeah. meets and then gets married three months later, I'm like, well, good luck with that. Yeah. Because it, it takes a season takes to go through seasons. You want to go through seasons with someone. Right. The hard things, the good things, just to see how they respond mm-hmm. and react. And dealing with conflict and the emotional recklessness, I feel like is so is so important to see how someone yeah. actually deals with yeah. conflict. Can um, they can you have a can you have conflict and work through it? How yeah. do they resolve? Most people are not great at that. I mean, we we had to learn it. And so mm-hmm. you have to learn how to handle conflict resolution, how to have the fierce conversations mm-hmm. and be on the same page at the end. Or yeah. agree to disagree and you know, get there. Um, And even with conflict, just in that is that we all receive information in different ways, you know, just intrinsically how we are. So we have to learn that about the other person. How do they best receive love and information in times of conflict, you know, and how can I best say this, that they're going to best receive it? But that's a learned part. And I think it's learned together um, a lot of times in dating. I mean, yeah. And then even you think about somebody who can't manage emotions, they they try to manipulate you. So mm-hmm. they let their emotions. So maybe there's a guy, I mean, it could mm-hmm. be a girl, but you know, a guy who's, you know, I'm just, again, having needs is, is fine. It's the needy. So then it becomes just emotional and then they kind of manipulate you into having sex when you don't really want to, but mm-hmm. it's like their emotions drive this. Yeah. And so just watching how people handle their emotions. And uh, so to me in dating, you know, being very clear about your boundaries, mm-hmm. about boundaries of how you'll be spoken to about how yeah. boundaries physically. I mean, it's, being clear and someone who's emotionally healthy will respect us. Yeah, that's so good. It's, I mean, it's, I just had this conversation last night with people about boundaries, with girlfriends actually about, you know, physical, emotional boundaries and all of that and how important that is in relationship and navigating that. And 
I think we can't be afraid to state what our boundaries are clearly. Because just to your point, someone who is respecting you is going to respect those boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, boundaries are good. <laughs> so how do we not be controlled by our emotions in relationship, I guess? So, like, because emotional recklessness, it's hard to, you know, we enjoy the feelings of love and relationship, but how do we not find ourselves in infatuation. I think a lot of people do that. Well, you just can't that. let your emotions be bigger than your values. Mm. So you should have a, you should have a clear concept of what your values are mm-hmm. and anything that you would feel in a moment that would lead you away from them. You have to be careful about, mm. Mm. you know, make again, feeling is awesome being led by that so that you make decisions. It's, it's like, I feel, um, sad. So Mm. I'm going to, you know, go eat that whole pie. It's like, no, let's figure out something else to do. You feel sad. So maybe instead let's go hang out with a friend. Let's Mm -hmm. eat nothing against the pie, but you know what I mean? So it's our emotions. (laughs) It's like, we, we can go down this tunnel with them or lash out at somebody. And, uh, I just think we had a clear set of values um, that would be really helpful. Mm. I find too, it, with the emotional stuff, uh, that there's a lot of things that come up in relationship from that happened from your past, basically. Like it reveal, it brings up things that maybe you've dealt with in the past yeah. that you've maybe done a decent job at dealing with, but, or healing from, but then you're suddenly in a relationship and finding yourself, oh my goodness, I've been, I've dealt with that years ago, but now it's kind of coming back up. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that I think sometimes what happens is, and I've seen this in the 30, you know, plus years of pastoring a church, I've seen this yeah. happen time and time again, where, um, you know, people do all the right things when they're dating, they make the right choices, they go through the classes and which mm-hmm. are, by the way, are very important. Mm. And, um, classes. Yes. Pre-marriage classes. And, yeah. And before you set a wedding date, because we've had people go through the classes and go, uh, you know what? We're probably not going to be marrying each other. And this is during engagement, right? Or you, or no, before? No, or just seriously minded. Okay. I, it, yeah. Like, we have the classes for serious relationships and those are already mm. engaged, but you can't have set a wedding date. Okay. Interesting. So it takes the pressure off then. Yeah. Um, I've seen this a few times is that people do all the right things and they get into uh, mm-hmm. a relationship and now they're married. Yeah. And then something that had been healed. So maybe they had been abused as a child mm. and they'd actually gone through some stuff, but now it's coming up again and it comes up sometimes because that little girl is now in a safe place. Mm. And so she can get help a different way. And so then we've walked a few people through that and helped them get counselors and da da da. But I think that happens. So sometimes you get you're you're like in a settled place finally, and then that woundedness comes up to be dealt with. And I've seen it with men and women. Yeah. And that's not it's not it's not a horrible thing. It just has to be done. And then maybe ten years later, when you're when you have a child, then something else comes up, and you have to work through that too. Right. Yeah, because we all come with our own set of baggage. No human comes without it. Yeah. I think it also goes back to the learning. You notice that it's coming up being self-aware in that moment and wanting to seek the growth, change, and healing that's necessary. I think going into relationship, people tend to forget that it's going to, there's going to be some hard things that come up. Right. Your singleness is just you and right. the Lord. <laughs> right. You're adding someone into the picture yeah. here. And you want, and just like be, and again, we all have our stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just think that you want to be honest with your stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, and have honest conversations. So you want someone when you're dating who tells you the truth mm. um, about themselves. So if they were 
ever in prison or mm. have an STD mm. or have an addiction. It's none of those things are by themselves disqualifiers as long as they are committed to working on them. Yeah. And they've been sober for a long time or, I mean, more than a week. So, <laughs> you know, it's like you just you want to see evidence that they are have growth happening, mm-hmm. whatever their issue would be. Do you have any input on that point? Just uh, like coming to my head about how much is too much to reveal too soon on those sorts of things that are maybe a little bit more difficult or more vulnerable to share up front? Right. Um, good question. I think uh, sometimes we, you know, vomit pe- on people too soon. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, no. First, it's just coffee. Just have coffee. Mm-hmm. See if there's any connection, if there's any, if there's even worth the next date, if the next date's going to happen. Right. But if you've been with someone for a few months and you you know, either have an STD or I'm just using that as an example, yeah. or, um, you know, we're, you know, a Coke addict for years and then been sober three years. You probably need to say that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think I'd necessarily blow it down the first date unless you, you know, met them at a recovery thing or something, which that's another story. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, but I just think I would, I would see if the relationship's going anywhere mm-hmm. and then you can share one thing and see how they handle that. And then you don't, you don't just tell everything in one go. Mm. Again, that's why you date for a while. Yeah. So for a while, I know that's a hard timeline to navigate, but like, what is, what do you think is a safe timeline? I know it's different for different people, well, but. Um, actually some really smart people. It might even be the eHarmony people or it might've been yeah. cloud. I can't remember, but said oh, 18 yeah. months to two years mm. because you see. Seasons. I think I read that in the sacred search book too. Okay, if you, be. yeah, he, I mean, he says infatuation is. 12 to 18 months. So you have to wait until you're sure that infatuation isn't blinding you from the truth. 12. So, okay. Yeah. That's why you slow it down and enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to be committed to a 40 year marriage, what's 18 months? Yeah, true. I mean, it's not, I mean, but we are in, I think what happens is as the older you get, you're like, okay, someone's great. Okay, great. Sign me up, you know? And I think there's a lot, though, missing in that process. Yes, 100%. I, I have been there many times. After six months, I'm ready. Let's do it. But then I've gotten my heart broken because I didn't see that there were actually red flags that the guy saw that I didn't see, right. you know? Right. And then it's over and what? Do, oh, what's happening now? Right. <laughs> like, you know? Um, 12 to 18 months, I think, is hard for people. But it's a, that's so wise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 12 to 18 months of date or, like, until marriage. You're saying, right? Yeah. I I just think you want to date. 18 months would probably be a good ballpark. I think Mm. there's unusual ones. Certainly people will say, well, you know, my parents knew each other for six weeks and got married. Well, okay. They're the exception, not the norm. Yeah. I mean, there's too many Mm -hmm. studies and we list a bunch of them in the book. There's the statistics. So yeah, it's like you can, maybe you'll be the exception. Maybe you will be. Yeah. Or maybe you'll be like everybody else who (laughs) marriage didn't last. Yeah. Kind of going back to even what we said earlier about too fast, too soon. Yep. And how a friend told me this recently that, I mean, there's nothing bad that ever came from patient waiting, no. you know? And so why rush into even making something exclusive with someone or right. making them your boyfriend? You can, that's something even, I mean, that could even be navigated more slowly, I think, yep. sometimes for people. Um, I've had in the past where I've met someone and I'm exclusive one week later. And did I really know <laughs> Right. No, right. you know, and so, yeah, nothing came, nothing bad comes from being patient and waiting. No, and waiting and waiting is not a passive ver- uh, word. It's a, it's a pretty aggressive mm-hmm. verb mm-hmm. and it's, 
trusting that, you know, God is doing what he's going to do and there's action to it. Um, It's listening. It's, uh, there's this story Mm -hmm. that um, I've told before about this man. uh, This is back in the day, a man who went into this uh, job, into his office to apply for a job Mm. as a Morse code operator. So back in the day. So he's going in and he walks into this office and there's six or seven other people waiting for a job and he and they you know, everybody had to sign in and there's a door that they're going to be called to go in and they're all waiting and he's sitting there waiting and then all of a sudden he gets up and he walks through the door mm-hmm. and everybody's like what the heck's this guy doing? Mm-hmm. Well, he walks through the door and then the supervisor uh, walks back out with uh, uh, the man. And everybody's thinking, see, he's going to get busted. And the supervisor walked out and said, well, actually, all of you can go. This man just got the job. Mm. And they were like, what? That's not fair. He said, well, while you were sitting here, the Morse code was tapping out. As soon as you hear this and understand this, come through this door. Mm. Said, so this man was waiting, listening and waiting. And he walked through. You were just sitting in here. Oh, wow. So that's what waiting is. It's not just twiddling your thumbs, wondering when the right thing's going to happen. It's actually putting yourself in environments where you are learning and growing and hanging around people who inspire you mm-hmm. and you're learning to be confident in who you are and you're listening, listening for what the spirit of God is saying to you and how he's leading you. And, you know, desperation does, n- does not ever accomplish anything. Yeah. It just makes me, uh, it, it, yeah, patience. It's such a hard thing when you're getting older and maybe God is saying, I don't know, maybe there's still things he wants to work on you. Well, on. always, yeah. always, whether you're, you're married course, or single. Yeah. It's like marriage but, doesn't end your what you think. Yeah. It's like marriage doesn't end loneliness. Mm. There's lonely married people. True. Right? Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, marriage is uh, you the potential to actually you know, grow and do more for the kingdom. There's all that potential, but it doesn't solve the wounds of your soul. Mm. So I think so many times we have those expectations that are just not, that are not right. Mm. And uh, it will destroy the person you're marrying because it's unreasonable. Mm. Um, So you have to be careful. I think that's one of the other just flags is just uh, the high expectations or the wrong expectations. The wrong expectations. And expecting for someone to fulfill holes that only God can fill, which we kind of talked about earlier. Um, one last thing I know you guys talk in the book too about, we kind of touched on it, the inca- incompatibilities, mm-hmm. but, um, I, when I was reading through that, I think emotional compatibility is so important. And I think, well, there's so many different kinds yeah. of compatibilities, but what are some of the, maybe we should talk through those just briefly here, um, on some different compatibilities that we can really look for as we're navigating to make sure in the season and as we're being patient and waiting, you know, really testing out, are we truly compatible? Yeah, that, that, that's good. So, the, okay, just the truth is most people get, div- when they get divorced, the line that you see is irreconcilable differences. Right. right? And the truth is we all have irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. So there are differences we're, we will all have. The incompatible part is what we're just going to push in. So the differences actually can make us stronger. Yeah. Some of these are the ones that are the, the challenging. So there's the emotional compatibility. Yeah. So that would be, you know, being uh, in tune with, you want someone who's compatible emotionally. So they're being, they're in tune with your dreams and your goals and just in sync with about what brings contentment and, and satisfaction in life. If, if someone is satisfied by, uh, you know, emotionally by isolation and being alone and the other one is satisfied emotionally by always being around people, there's going to be some tensions there. Mm. If neither one of you are willing to, you know, yield any. And then there's, um, you know, physical uh, compatibility or, 
you have to be attracted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've heard so people, people say, well, you know, they, they love Jesus. And so I'm just going to. No, but yet you're going to be kissing this person for a long time. <laughs> and it, you don't want to leave any door to be tempted elsewhere. So you yep. need to be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is compatible energy levels. And uh, this has been where probably Philip yeah. and I have had a little tension. <laughs> you have the high energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, to just navigating that. It's not, again, these are not. It's not a deal breaker, no, but it's just to notice. Because you're not going to find somebody who's compatible in yes. all of these. Yes. But you just need more than not. You need and, to be aware. I think that's the whole point of why right. we even talking through it. It's it's not that any of these are complete deal breakers. If it's not fully aligned, you just right. have to be aware of right. Of these and again, and, no, hundred percent, and just like spiritual compatibility, that, yeah, which we talked about. You just need someone who's not doesn't just um, say, "Yeah, I, I, I like Jesus. I should go on Easter," and then you, you're on the worship team. Mm. It's like that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so don't be so desperate. Yeah, you know. Yeah, don't be desperate. Know how to love yourself. Be patient throughout the process. Right. Don't rush anything. Right. Gosh, so many good things. <laughs> Boom, done. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Smile. Mm. Joyful people are attractive. Who wants to be around the, you know, depressed, anxious, neurotic person? Nobody. Mm-hmm. So enjoy your life and find something that you love to do and do it. Be interesting. Yep. Yeah. Be interesting. <laughs> be interesting. Be interesting. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Any last piece of advice that you have for the listeners, the singles in L.A. or otherwise? Anything else you want to say? Um, for the listeners who are followers of Jesus, yeah. we are a part of a different kingdom. And I think we have an obligation and responsibility to navigate relationships at a different level. Mm. And we are supposed to be influencing culture with our relationships, which with how we do them. And so I would just encourage you to get into a great community of faith who talk about relationships, who have um, environments and classes and groups of people that you can learn how to do it and be inspired by. So then we can actually influence the city that God is trusting us with. Mm, so good. Oh my gosh, Holly, this has been so much fun. Oh, well, I feel like we're me. girlfriends now. We're totally girlfriends. <laughs> I'm like, gosh. Okay, let's set up our coffee date right let's now. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Well, I so appreciate all your insight, oh, just everything you, you and Philip. You guys are doing such amazing things here in LA at Oasis Church. Yeah. And we it's just been an honor to speak with you. Oh, and I you. think this is going to touch so many lives. So thank you for well, all your insight. Thanks, thanks for having me. Wow, wasn't that just incredible? She is such a cool woman. I just can't wait for our coffee date. If you want to find Holly, I highly encourage you to follow her on Instagram at Holly Wagner LA. You can also visit her Amazing Women's Ministry at SheRises.com. Or of course, you can visit her at Oasis Church if you're local to LA or visiting. You can also pick up one of her multiple books. The one we frequently reference today during our talk was Love Works, which seriously changed my life, people. Or you can get one of her other beautiful pieces. I am so thankful and just honored that Holly wanted to come on the podcast today and share her incredible insight. I really and truly hope you feel encouraged after listening to our conversation today. Also, if you support this mission, I'd love, love, love for you to hit subscribe on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can also stay up to date with show notes on heartofdating.com. And you can follow along on Instagram at, at heartofdating. And, you know, if you happen to know a friend or two that might need some dating help, I'd love for you to share this with them and get them to also support this. We have some amazing guests coming up in the coming weeks. 
I am confident you will love it. So stick with me as we journey through this together. Until next time, friends.